Okay, Thursday night. After Thursday night, Cowboys fall to 6-7. and seven, Yet, they're still first in NFC East. Uh, we have a lot to break. We, we, got, we, got some, we got some things to break down. I'm going to break down the Cowboy game. I'm going to break down their problem. I, 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 I figured out some of their problems. Um, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna break down these problems and adjustments that they should make. But I don't know if they are going to make them. So stick here. Also, I'm gonna give you guys my top ten. I told you guys, their the the decade is coming to an end. We're entering into the 2020s. I'm gonna bring you guys my top ten college football coaches since 2010 to here to now. So buck up your seat, buck up your seatbelts. Let's go. Who's ready going to audio adventure? All in, all in. Let's go. So the Cowboys lost. The Cowboys lost. They um lost thirty one to twenty four. The score the, the 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 game doesn't show how how dominant the Bears were. The score doesn't show how dominant the Bears were. They um they were dominant. They after after the first few possessions they got together to make a quick couple adjustments to adjust how to, just to adjust the way the the Cowboys came out and played and started off quick and. They never looked back since. They they didn't look back. They didn't look back since. And this is gonna lead me to my point about the Cowboys. And this is a, this is another reason why I say, hey, I, I like Jason Garrett. I used to be a no longer. I used to be a Jason Garrett supporter. I used to say, hey, Jason Garrett's this and that. He wins the division. He wins 10, 11 games. He's gonna get you to the playoffs. I was I was a Jason I was a Jason Garrett supporter. I had his back. I was one of the. I think I was one of the few people that really, like actually had his back when because some tend to think Jason Garrett shouldn't should have been fired years ago. Some tend to think he should have been fired two, three years, two, three, four years ago. So that during that time, I was I, I was one of his biggest supporters. You know, people came for him, came for Jason Witten. I mean, Jason Garrett say he couldn't coach. I was like, oh, he wins the division. 10, he, he wins 10, 11 games on a yearly basis, you know, you can't beat that, but it's come to a point in time where the buck ends, the buck ends, the buck ends, this comes to a point where you get tired, you get tired of being sick and tired, and I think Jerry has gotten sick and tired of this, of this whole thing, um, but here goes my thing with Dallas. Beginning of the season, the first three games that they won, they were the best. They were the best third quarter team. But look who they played. They didn't play nobody. But statistically, points wise, 
they were one of the best teams in the third quarter. And the reason why I mentioned the third quarter, first of all, before I get to that point, first of all, Dallas, the last two games, the game against Buffalo on Thanksgiving Day, and then last night against Chicago, Dallas came out striking fast. They played well. They scored. They came out real aggressive. They came out guns blazing. And you look, they got the interception. They haven't forced, they haven't, their defense haven't, hasn't forced a turnover in, in a month now. But they got the interception. They go down and score. And you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where? Okay, Dallas. They 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 found themselves. And then which has been I think the theme of the of these last few weeks when their offense has been lackluster. The theme has been the lack of adjustments. Um you know, they 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 have been their their offense, they they run the 12 personnel with the three receivers, the running back, the two tight ends. They 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 love the twelve personnel, but they're not really innovative and creative offensively enough, nearly enough. I think they should be way more creative offensively than what they are. I think they should be way more creative, and they're not. And you know everybody's raving about Kellen Moore. And how how creative Kellen Moore is, and we can't man, yeah we can't really say that Kellen Moore he's definitely a, he's a, you know he's an upgrade he's a younger mind from Scott Linehan from last year or from previous years, but now I I see I I see the trend. Matt, 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 Ke- Kellen Moore, young thirty one year old Kellen Moore, is getting. Young 31-year-old Kellen Moore is getting outmatched and dominated, and he's getting out-schemed. He's just getting out-schemed as simple as that. Look at the, look at, look, just look at the Cowboys' losses. The Saints' loss, the first loss of the season. Defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen has been in this game. He has seen a lot. He has seen a lot. Great defensive head coach, real defensive oriented, seen a lot in this league. Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator, Mike Patton, (laughs) another great defensive mind, seen a lot in this league. He's seen just about every quarterback in this league, real defensive minded, real, Worked under the the Jets when the Jets made those runs, those deep AFC championship runs. He was the defensive coordinator then. Worked at Buffalo when Buffalo had those good defenses. Real, he's a he he is tough minded. One of those tough minded coaches, defensive co- co- coordinators. Minnesota Vikings. Mike Zimmer, George Edwards, another, another tough-minded coach 
Mike Zimmer philosophy is run football, play action, and play de- play good defense. Tough defensive minds that have seen a lot of quarterbacks throughout the years. Buffalo Bills, Leslie Frazier. Buffalo Bills have a great defensive personnel. Have seen a lot. Greg Williams of the Jets. Cowboys lost to the Jets. Greg Williams have seen they have seen a lot. They know what it's coming. They know what's coming. They, Greg Williams, he, he, he's seen every quarterback in the league in the last 15 years. So highly knowledgeable guys, experienced guys, and then then Dallas lost to New England. Once again, Bill Belichick, defensive-minded. Um, <laughs> Bill Belichick been in the league forever. Belichick worked on those Giants defenses with Bill Parcells and Lawrence Taylor. He was he he, he was a part of that. He was a part of that Giants defense. He was the defensive coordinator for that. He was the linebacker coach on those '80s Giants teams with Lawrence Taylor. Has he has seen everything you can possibly see? Experience. I, I don't know how many guys. I mean, I don't know how many times I gotta tell you. The, I don't tell you guys this, but experience wins in this league. Experience wins in this league. Coaching wins. Coaching wins in this league. That is the that that coaching and having a franchise guy is the great separator in in this league. That is the great separator in this league. Quarterback and coach. Quarterback and coach. What separates Brady from Belichick? What, separ- what, what Brady and Belichick? What separates them from the rest of the pack? Oh, coach, quarterback. If Andy Reid sticks with Kansas City, they're gonna dominate the next. They're gonna dominate the AFC West because they, hey, Kansas City has quarterback, coach, quarterback, coach. You got to have the right match. It's all about matches in this league. I, t- I tell you guys this all the time. You got to find the perfect match. You got to find the perfect match. Andy Reid, offensive, offensive genius with a, with a talented Patrick Mahomes who has a rocket. And then Kansas City offense has a spe- speedy personnel. Nice speed on the outside. Nice vertical threat from Travis Kelsey. They, they, they know who they are. They, they know who they are. It's a perfect match. It's a, it's a perfect, it's a perfect match. It's a perfect match. Uh, New England's the best third quarter team in football. Josh, Josh McDaniels even, even explained. Why and how the Patriots are the most dominant team? He explained how. He said, "Hey, we third quarter during the halftime, we make adjustments. We make late game. We make adjustments during halftime. We make adjustments during halftime. We come out there halftime's but 30, 13, 15 minutes, so halftime is shorter. They come out there and they make adjustments. They come out there and make adjustments on in the at halftime, and then it's." It's 
The, the opposing team sees something totally new. Josh McDaniels of New England, offense coordinator for New England, for New England, he, he explained it. He explained it. He said, we come out totally new. Opposing team doesn't even see it coming. And that's and then that's been the knock on Jason Garrett. X's and O's. Um, him not making adjustments. Him not making in-game adjustments. Like Dallas, you know, the, the first 15 to 20 plays, they had scripted. They had scripted. They know what they wanted to do. They ran them effectively. It worked. They, they scored. They, they, they were moving the ball. Zeke was running the ball nicely. Uh, after that first touchdown score, I, I mean, because Dallas struck first. They came out blazing. They came out blazing. After that first touchdown score, it it it, it was nothing. It was cr- it was crickets. It was crickets after that. Chicago made Chicago's defense made adjustments. Hey, once again, who's Chicago's defensive coordinator? Chuck Bogano, defensive minded guy. I'm just throwing it out there. Kellen Moore, he's he, he, he's just getting... He, Kellen Moore's a little young. He's just getting worked by these defensive-minded veterans. He's getting worked by these defensive-minded veteran coordinators. He He's just getting outworked and... I, he's just getting out-schemed. He's, they're, they're coming up with adjustments as they come out with, with... When these defensive coordinators, when Dallas strikes... When these defensive coordinators come out with adjustments and they make adjustments, Kellen Moore has no answer. Jason Garrett has no the, the Cowboys offense has no answer. It has no answer. It has no answer. And this is my whole point about the Cowboys in the third quarter and the lack of adjustments. The lack of in-game adjustments. That that is what I'm talking about. That is, this is exactly what I am talking about. The lack of, the lack of adjustments, the lack of uh, attention to detail. I mean, I, I, I kind of knew it because the narrative of the, the narrative of the game, of today, of the story today is Mitch Trubisky looked really good last night. Mitch Trubisky is not, we all, I mean, I think we can all come to see. We came to see that. We come to see that. Mitch Trubisky is not a franchise guy. He's not going to be the guy that takes Chicago over the top. He's not going to be the guy that takes and brings a championship to Chicago. He, he's not going to be that guy. But Dallas, the defense. This is another point that I made a couple weeks ago with after the Minnesota game. Quarterbacks just look too comfortable against Dallas. Like Mitch Trubisky looked too comfortable. Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky looked too comfortable against Dallas. And I said this when Kirk Cousins, you know, when he had when he had a nice solid game against Dallas, I was like, Kirk Cousins looked didn't look phased. He didn't look he didn't look in discomfort. He looked very comfortable and Josh Allen on Thursday Thanksgiving he looked comfortable oh even Brady looked comfortable despite not having the offensive weapons to go to and to throw throw to down the field Brady looked very comfortable and once again last night Mitchell Trubisky 
looked comfortable. He looked like he was poised, took his time, didn't miss throws, didn't make bad throws. He had the interception, got quickly got over that. Dallas defense doesn't make you uncomfortable. You know, the, the, the Dallas defense does not make you uncomfortable. And I just want to hit others with me, Jerry. I, and I got I got something with the Cowboys. I, I think uh I think Jerry, I think he's over it. He's over the Jason Garrett thing. I think he has a coach in mind, and I think they have. I think whoever the coach is, I think they all really have come to a verbal agreement. I just think Jerry's waiting to the end of the season to fire Jason Garrett. Listen to this. Jerry was pissed. Um, Jerry was pissed. I told you guys, New England, I told you guys before the New England game, I said, now Jerry and the Cowboys, Jerry is thinking, my Cowboys are 5-3. and three. Well, I mean, his Cowboys are 6-3 and three, going up to New England. New England offense is horrible. And Jerry looked at that as a must-win game. And I told you guys after that game, Jerry would be pissed. This is this is the, this is the this is the this is the the raft that I was talking about. Jerry was pissed this morning. Listen to this. So the Cowboys fans want answers today. What answer do you have for how this team is playing right now? We're not playing very well. Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed as an organization about how the team is hey, playing? Get your damn act together yourself. Okay, now I'm, 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 we're going to have a good visit this morning, but uh, settle down just a little bit. I, I mean, I, I, as a Cowboys a fan, to, Jerry, got a lot to go over, and I go on with your question, but uh, uh, I'm going to uh, give you the answers I want to give you this morning, and uh, I don't like your attitude. Come in. I've been traveling all night, and I'm not. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. I, I understand that, Jerry. I'm just saying, like emotionally. Uh, get with it. Let's ask some questions. All right. What kind of question? Who gets the GM? Who gets the GM? Are you embarrassed? <laughs> Jerry was pissed. Jerry was pissed. Look, listen. Just listen. You can hear all his voice. He was pissed. Are you embarrassed as an organization about how the team is hey, playing? Get your damn act together. Yourself. Okay. I'm, 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 we're going to have a good visit this morning, but uh, settle down just a little bit. I, I mean, I, I, as a Cowboys a fan, to, Jerry. A, a lot to go over, and I go on with your question, but uh, uh, I'm going to uh, give you the answers I want to give you this morning, and uh, I don't like your attitude. Come in. I've been traveling all night, and I'm not, I don't have the patience to jack with you today. I, I understand that, Jerry. I'm just saying, like, emotionally. Uh, get with it. Let's ask some questions. All right. What kind of question? Who gets the GM? Who gets the GM? Whew. Jerry's a little testy there. Jerry's a little testy there. And Jerry's one of my favorite owners. He's a real charismatic. Real. He's a. He's more. He's more. He has more, a lot of faith, and he's more um up about the Cowboys than he has been these last few weeks. And it's like, uh, uh, Jerry seemed a little sketchy. He seemed a little testy right there. He was say, hey, don't, don't come for the my cowboy. No, I'm not embarrassed. He was mad. He was pissed. He has every right to be. He has every right to be. 
And like I said, like I said before, I paid you guys that clip. I think the I think the Cowboys. I I think they're done with. I, well, I know they're. I know they're done with Jason Garrett. And to be honest, I think Stephen and I think Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones have already talked. I think they have already talked with the, whoever the candidate is. I think they already have verbal agreements, verbal commitments. I just think they're not going to announce it yet. I think they're going to wait until and, and, until you know the season's over. They'll fire Jason Garrett. But I think they already have a person. I think they already have the coach in mind that they want. And I think they already have verbal agreements set up. I I, I don't know. I, I I mean, maybe I, maybe I need to go look at my sources. Maybe I need to go look at my sources, but he that's what I that's what I'm getting. I, I think I, I have a feeling that they already have a coach in mind. You know, they've been listing out they've been listing and throwing out candidates about um Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley. I think they already have a guy in mind and they have verbal agreements already on the table. They're just they this the see they're just waiting till the season is over. I I think I think that's how the Cowboys are moving. I think that's how the Cowboys are moving. Uh, I'm gonna be back on the next segment to give you guys my top ten college football coaches since 2010. My top ten college football coaches since 2010. I'll be back. <clears throat> Okay, before I give you my full top ten list, I do want to have some um, some notables, some notables that do, that won't make the list. Um, you can argue them, but I, I I was doing I did my deep I did some deep research, looked at bowl wins, national championships, championships, wins, record, whatever, etc. I went into the, I took an account of all of those things. And this is my 10 that I came up with. So this is my top 10 college football coaches. Top 10 college football coaches since 2010. So that means from 2010 to now. uh, I did not count Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley got the job two years ago, Oklahoma. Didn't count him. 
if I mean he'll probably be on the next decade list. He the route that the route he's going, he'll be on the next decade list. Uh, Mark D'Antonio from Michigan State. I I didn't have him on this. I don't have him on my ten. Uh, very close to making it, but didn't have him on my ten. Uh, you know they they you know Michigan State they have con- nothing but straight consistency. I just you know they they have a couple. They have like ten, a couple ten win seasons here. Then they dropped about four or five wins. These coaches don't have that. These coaches don't go for four and five win seasons. So, sorry, Mark D'Antonio, Gary Patterson from TCU. Uh, did I had? He's a notable mention as well. Had him on here, but you know. He's had some seven and six win seasons as well, so really can't put him on here. But don't get mad at my list. Some of these are questionable. I'm confident in most of these, but I did some deep research, looked that over, looked it over. Another honorable mention: Kirby Smart. He just got a job. A few years ago at Georgia, so I didn't really want to. I didn't want to count him, but he just got the he got the job a few years ago at Georgia, and I didn't want to count him as well. I didn't want to count George. I didn't want to count him at Georgia. Kirby Smart and then Lincoln Riley. I didn't want to count those two because they're three, four years in. You need at least about five years. Of uh, you know, I was you know, I was trying to put some parameters around it, so those two did not make it. But I'm sure the route they're going, they will, they they will not be too far out outside of this list. Um, you know, when the next ten years come around, when the next decade comes around, they they'll be right inside of this list. They'll be one of the top names. But without further ado. This is my top 10 college football coaches since 2010. Since 2010. 2010 and up. So at 10, might be surprising. Might be surprising to some people. But Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly at Oregon for the five years he was there, for, oh well, for the four years he was there, he was forty-six and seven. That's an eighty-six percent win. That's an eighty-six percent. That's eighty-six percent win percentage. That's a great percentage. Um, he has two bowl wins. He dom- when when he was at Ohio, when he was at Oregon, he really dominated the Pac-12. Pac-12 never say nothing like it before with his high octane offense, real innovative. I think Chip, I think Chip Kelly, not just for his record and the winning that he did at Oregon, but I think the philosophy and the style. I think that is a big part. He plays a big part in that. And now what we see in football, like RPO, RPO was the it was a, it's, it's a build on version of the read option. Read option. We first saw read option at Oregon, and Oregon introduced the introduced that to us. Um, Oregon, you know these those those years, Oregon was really good, high octane, a lot of explosive guys, exciting to watch. 
Got to a couple Rose Bowls. Got to a national title game. Actually won a Rose Bowl in 2011. They finished 12 and two. Uh, he just has. He. he, he I mean, you, you got you, results. He has results. He took on the job at UCLA. Hasn't really done well, but UCLA. Does, you know, I heard the. I heard um, the boosters don't really care for him as much. So. But Chip Kelly at 10, I had him at 10 because of the influence offensively in what we see in college football and in, in pro football now. It's what we see every Saturday and Sunday. We see it every Saturday and Sunday. Chip Kelly is a big part of what we see from just about every and any football team in America with his option offense. Chip Kelly at 10. At nine, I had Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly took on a job at Notre Dame at in, exactly at two thousand in two thousand ten. He took on the job at Notre Dame. Looking at where Notre Dame was coming from, he he went eight and five his first season. But then after that, he went eight and five again, twelve and one, nine and four, nine and four, ten and three, ten and three, ten and three. 12 and 1 and 10 and 2. So the, the the dude wins. He wins. Um I actually been like highly skeptical of of uh Brian Kelly and how the way you know he goes about certain things and answering questions towards the media. I have been skeptical of him, but results matter. Um he you know got one he got to one he got to one BCS championship game long he got destroyed by Alabama he got to in 2018. They went 12 and one. He lost in the Cotton Bowl. He got to the ch- uh, championship college football playoff championship playoff semifinal game. So he's 91 at 30. He's 91 and 37 at Notre Dame. Results don't lie. You know, results matter. His record says it all. Brian Kelly at nine. Less miles at Oregon. I mean, less less miles at Oregon. Less miles at LSU. Les Miles is a good coach. Les Miles is a good coach. Les Miles, you know, we he had the BCS title game. He had the BCS championship with LSU back in 07. Won that. But after, some, from, from 2010 and on, he, he started to lose his grasp with Alabama. And, and it's, it was hard for him to keep up with Alabama. That's his only knock. That's the, re, that's the only reason why... Les Miles does not have. That's the that's the reason why he doesn't have the 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 LSU job no more. That's the reason why he doesn't have the LSU job no more because he couldn't be saving. He could not be saving. So that is the reason why he does not have the the the, the LSU job no more because he could not beat saving Alabama and LSU's about winning national titles. You, you got to be better. You gotta be better, and he couldn't just get over the hunt with Bama and Nick Saban. That was his. That 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 was what that was his roadblock. That would that would that was the roadblock that was stopping him and LSU those ten and eleven win LSU teams from getting to the national title and winning the SEC those years. It was either him and Urban. It was either him. It was either Nick Saban at Alabama. And then Urban Meyer in Florida. So Les Miles, he's um he's at Kansas right now. Kansas is not known for its football, obviously. But the only reason why he does not still have that LSU job is due to the fact he could not 
beat Nick Saban. He couldn't beat Nick. He could. He, he couldn't beat. He could not beat Nick Saban, and that's not nothing to be ashamed of. It's, it's really not. It's not nothing to be ashamed of. Les Miles at eight. Uh, at seven, I had Bob Stoops. Now Bob Stoops, he stopped coaching Oklahoma. 16 in 2016, but he finished off that season with a Sugar Bowl win over Alabama. I think he finished that. He finished that. He finished over Auburn. Excuse me. He finished that season with a Sugar Bowl win. They finished 11 and two. Bob Stoops. He is a good coach. He's a good coach. Coached coach Oklahoma for years. Uh, he was 190 and 48 at Oklahoma, so he won a lot of games and lost very little at Oklahoma. He was there for 17, 18 years. He was there for 18 years, but from 2010, you know, he has a 12 and 2 season, a 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 11 and 2, 8 and 5, 11 and 2, 11 and 2. He was a winner. He won double digit games on a yearly basis. I have Bob Stoops. At number seven, at six, this was a this is a tough one for me, but I don't feel like he gets enough credit of of how good of a coach he really is. At six, I have Chris Peterson, Chris Peterson of Washington. Um, that we we heard the breaking news of him stepping down at Washington. Uh, he resigned as Washington coach. I don't know what that's about, but. Uh, I heard, you know, there there be articles and sources will come out later on next week about the what, what what's going on. I heard it's probably stress, maybe. But Chris Peterson is a great coach. Now his tender from 2010 and on, his tender really started at Boise State, and where Boise at Boise State, he really built a powerhouse. I mean, he he built the powerhouse. Boise State, he built the powerhouse. He got there at 06. Uh, Flee there, 2013. Went to Washington. Turns Washington into one of the premier programs in Pac-12. He was 92 and 12 at Boise State. 54 and 20. He's 54 and 26 at Washington. He's really turned Washington into a national powerhouse and a, a, a definitely a Pac-12 powerhouse. He Chris Peterson has definitely turned in turned Washington into a Pac-12 powerhouse and got to give him credit for that. Chris Peterson at 7, don't, at 6, excuse me. I don't feel like he get nearly enough credit of how really how good of a coach he really is. So he's at 6. At 5, you can hate him or like him. You can hate him or love him, but John Harbaugh, Jim. I mean Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. I mean turns. He's he turns Stafford around. The 2010. They go 12 and one. They win the Orange Bowl. He turns them around. I mean Stafford is a you know high IQ school. Real hard to get in. So it's real hard to get athletes and recruits in that you really want. But it's real hard. It's really hard to get them in and. He 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 did it. He 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 totally turned around that Stanford program. David Shaw is holding something. He's holding some. He's somewhat holding his weight. Um, this guy. He's a co- he's a he's a coach. He is a coach. He can coach his tail off. I don't know why you know people say he can't coach. Why? Because he can't beat Ohio State. I mean, who? I mean, like I said, like I said on on the last episode, who's beating Ohio State? 
Like, who's beating Ohio State? So, you know, people, you know, they they give him a hard time because he can't beat Ohio State. But look, once, but look at this. Once again, he goes to a Michigan team that was getting six wins a year, and now they're a 10-win program that wins. If they win their bowl game, they're a 10-win program, highly competitive. You can't ask for nothing more. You, you cannot ask for nothing more. Jim Harbaugh at five. I, I'm sorry, Jim Harbaugh at five. I don't know. I don't. I don't get why people don't think he can coach. But this guy can coach his tail off. He can. He can turn a program around. I tell you about that. Uh, so at four, I have Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher started at Florida State t- at the exact year of 2010. Finished ten and four. Won a Chick Fil A bowl. Then after that, he just completely takes over. He goes 9-4, and 12-2, 14-0, 13-1. Know we all know about the Jameis Winston team with Jalen Ramsey and Dalvin Cook and those guys. We all know about that team that he had, which was phenomenal. Yes, he, he also has 14 All-Americans. His years at, his years at Florida State, which was seven, or eight, excuse me, he had... 14 All-Americans. That's pretty good. Um, also, uh, this this guy was 83-23 and 23 at Florida State. 78-win percentage at Florida State. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Jimbo really took over the, the reins well once Bobby Bowden left, and, you know, resigned and left from Florida State. Jimbo was a great successor, and he won him a national title. Really put Florida State back on the national map. Um, and now they're falling off again. Look at that. <laughs> they're falling off again. Look at that. So at three, this was a close three for me. This was a close one. And really, you can't go wrong with this with two or three. But I have Urban Meyer at three. Urban Meyer, um, I, sorry, but I could not count. His 06 and 08 champions, championship teams uh, at Florida. I couldn't count those. You can't count those. Um, but it, at Florida, you know, his last season was 2010 at Florida. He goes 8-5. and five, But then goes to Ohio State, and Ohio State was dominant. He was, in his seven years at Ohio State, he was 83-9. and nine. He won 90% of his games at Ohio State. Like, right, check that out. Nine, he won ninety percent of his games at Ohio State. Yeah, the kid, the dude can coach. The dude can really coach his tail off. Um, <laughs> you can't tell me otherwise. The dude can really coach his tail off. He can really coach his tail off. Um, Urban Meyer. I mean, what 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 more can you say? National title game. Um, he he won the first. College football playoff, I think, yeah, he won the first college football playoff. Just absolutely phenomenal. He beat Oregon in some dramatic fashion. Just, just great. Just, 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 just great. I mean, I love Urban Meyer as a coach. Now, you know, his his name is brung up in some NFL jobs. He, he might be going to the NFL, but look at this. Look, I mean, he has, he has for his entire career... He's 187 and 32. That is an 85 win percentage. He goes 17 and 6 at Bowling Green. Who 
Who who who in the hell know who in the hell knows Bowling Green? But hey, he wins with them too. He goes eight and three and ninety three. He goes seventeen and six with them. Then at Utah, he goes twenty two and two in two years. Florida, he has two national two not two national titles in six years, and he goes sixty five and fifteen once again. 80, 80 win percentage, and then he goes to Ohio State for seven more years, and he caps it off with eighty three with with eighty three wins and nine losses, just absolutely phenomenal. But this was a close three for me, and you'll see why. At two, I have Dabo Sweeney. I have Dabo Sweeney. He takes over Clemson. Clemson. He turns Clemson into a national powerhouse. Clemson is now the national. They 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 they're, they're the new. They're somewhat of the new Bama. Dabo Sweeney is somewhat of the new Nick Saban. I mean, he take he took over Clemson in two thousand eight, but we start in two thousand ten. He goes six and seven. Okay, they were bowl eligible, but after that, he goes ten and four, eleven and two, eleven and two, ten and three, fourteen and one, fourteen and one, twelve and two, fifteen and zero, and now this year they're twelve and zero. Uh, he's a hundred and twenty eight and thirty at Clemson. That he's won eighty one percent of his games at Clemson. Just phenomenal. He has nine All-Americans so far. He is doing a hell of a job at Clemson. And also, he's top 10 in win-loss percentage in college football history. He's top 15, excuse me, top 15 in win-loss college football percentage. He He's phenomenal. And also, he's beat Saban twice. He's beat Nick Saban twice. In national championship games, he's won two out of the last three national championship games. He has single hand. He's turned. He's turned. He's he has turned Clemson into a national powerhouse. A national powerhouse, I tell you. He's turned Clemson into a national powerhouse. Look out! Um, yeah, he he's coming. He's gonna be on. He's gonna be on top. He's gonna be on these top top of these type of lists for a long time to come. Trust me, Dabo Sweeney is really good. I don't know why his name don't get bring up, brung up for more, 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 more and more coaching jobs. I don't know in the NFL. I don't know why. And then that number one, yeah, you probably guessed it, Nick Saban, um, Saint Nick, as some people like to call him, Nick Saban, Alabama. What more is to talk about? Um, <laughs> 2010. Since 2010, this guy has one, two. Three, four national titles. Four national titles since 2010. Um, he's remarkable. His 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 record at Alabama is remarkable. It's 156 and 23. Um, just 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 absolutely incredible what he has built at Alabama. Um, probably I mean the it's the best dy- It's the the best college football dynasty I've seen. Um, it, it's dominance is crazy. They will not make the college football four with their with their two losses. But I mean, this is a down year for Saban. He's ten and two. <laughs> he's ten and two, and this is a down year. We call this a down year for Alabama, and he's ten and two. Sometimes this is a career year for some coaches, and this is a down year for Nick Saban. Him being ten and two. So I mean, Saban. I mean. It, it, it's it's a, a, a enough can't be said. He's gotten to national title games. Uh, I mean, just I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. This, just phenomenal. This guy is really good. 
this guy, this guy is really good at coaching. Really good at coaching. So that is my top ten college football coaches since 2010. Since we're going into a new decade. So I want to give you guys my I want to give you guys my predictions for Saturday. College football predictions for Saturday. Um, I think there is the SEC championship, the Big Ten championship, and the Big 12 championship. Uh, I have, I have, for the, for the SEC championship, Georgia goes against LSU. I have LSU winning that game. I think LSU is a little too potent offensively. For Georgia, I don't think Georgia will have enough answers offensively. I don't think they I don't think they'll be I don't think they'll be able to create enough big plays down the field against somewhat some think a, a a so-so questionable LSU defense. I don't think Georgia will have enough down the field explosion and big playability to keep up with the high potent, high scoring, high octane offense of LSU, and I think eventually LSU will break away, and I think they win by about ten points. I think they win about ten. I think they win by like 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 ten points. Um, I, I don't think Georgia will be able to keep up with LSU in the high potent that uh, offense that they have. It's it's crazy that it's crazy that you know you say that, but LSU. Have really turned the corner offensively. It, 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 they're they they're, they're real. They're they're so fun to look at. But I don't think Georgia will have enough offensively to keep up with LSU. I think LSU wins around about 10, 13 points. Big Ten championship game. Ohio State number one. Ohio State goes against number eight Wisconsin. I'm gonna go with Ohio State once again. Wisconsin power running football team. I think Ohio State will be able to limit them offensively enough where I think Ohio State gets the ball, gets the ball, puts the ball in um Justin Fields hand. They've run it. I think Ohio State like, you know, they're gonna have some problems running it a little bit. But I think Ohio State will be able to break away from Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin, once again, same same thing with Georgia. Similar to Georgia, I don't think Wisconsin have the offensive firepower. I don't think they're as explosive to to even keep up with Ohio State. I think Ohio State wins by at least fourteen, about fourteen. I think Ohio State wins about by by, by two touchdowns. I think Ohio State wins about two touchdowns um, against a ten and two Wisconsin team that I think is really good, but. I don't think they can keep up with Ohio State because Ohio State is that good. And then with the Pac, I mean Pac-12, with the Big 12 championship game, Baylor against Oklahoma, I have Oklahoma. I have Oklahoma winning this game. If Utah loses tonight, I think if Utah loses, which they are right now, I think Oklahoma will win, and I think Oklahoma would sadly get that last spot for the college football playoff because you are. I already have expressed to you guys that 
Don't really want to see Oklahoma in the college football playoff, but numbers they they that this would be the second time they beat a top ten Baylor team. And what does Utah have to say? Oh, we beat an Oregon team and they're losing right now. So they have to first take care of business and beat Oregon. But Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma it's gonna be high scoring. It's gonna be in the gonna be in the high thirties, forties, things gonna be Things we think Oklahoma will score about 40. Think they'd give up about 30, 38, 38, 35. But I think Oklahoma, I think they'd be a little too much for Baylor. Just like the first time, a little too much for Baylor. Baylor can't, couldn't quite handle it. I think Oklahoma wins. Oklahoma wins. I think they'll win by seven. I think they'll win by seven. They'll win by a touchdown against Baylor. Um, And, oh, I forgot. The ACC championship game. Um, <laughs> number one, Clemson. Number three, Clemson. Uh, they're going against nine and three, Virginia. Virginia. I don't think they have much of a chance. I think Virginia try to. I th- think they try to hang in there with Clemson, but I think Clemson would be too much, too much, too talented, too fast for Virginia. I don't think they'd be able to keep up. It'll look just like all those other ACC games that Clemson has played these last few weeks. Think Clemson wins. Think Clemson wins by at least 14. 14 or more. I think Clemson wins. Uh so that's my picks for the conf- for conference championships, for the major conference championships. Can't wait to see if I'm right. You guys, I hope you guys enjoy this. I will come up with another top 10 list um to, you know, you know, cuz I told you guys the decade is coming to an end. And we'll just do some lists. Uh, we'll come up with some good. We'll come up with some lists and some topics and categories. I bring you guys some more lists because that's I find that to be fun. Um, let me know if you agree or disagree with my list. I feel pretty confident about it. But once again, happy Friday! Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Keep clicking. Keep listening. Keep sticking in there. Thank you guys. I'm out. Peace. Adios. Amigos. Gone.